The Four Diego's. Proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call 1300 366 639. First, a very, very special guest in tonight, back in the 2007 on the back of a brilliant season where they took all before them, winning the league and grand final double. Melbourne Victory announced that they'd signed Lubo Milicevic, one of Australia's best football exports for the following two seasons. At the time, it was deemed that Victory had performed a coup in attracting back a player who'd not only captained and played in the Champions League football in uh, Europe, but he also was in the prime of his career. Two years on and the player and the club have parted in acrimonious circumstances to tell us all about the split and also his football career, past and future. Please, Big Four Diego's welcome to Lubo Milicevic. Uh, good evening to you, Lubo. Good evening, everyone. Yes, it, it is. Uh, you'll have <laughs> to get you have to get used to our Diego's now. I'm Carlos Alberto. All right. You would have heard us many, many times. Probably even when you were in Switzerland, you know, on the on the net, uh, the Diego's would have been beamed nicely. No, weekly. You, yeah, you weekly. Yeah. Came by cow mail. Yes. We got Vinny Venezuela and we got uh, Warren Diego with us tonight. Of course, the other big uh, moment tonight that we keep a, an eye on also is Australia versus Indonesia, kicking off at 11:30. And we'll bring you a blow-by-blow oh. description of that. And Lubo, you can probably talk to us. A a little bit about your time in the Socceroos and what you think. You've played with yeah, many of these a players. Bit, so I don't have much time to spend on I guess. <laughs> yeah, but we, uh, we can also talk about the fact that you know a lot of the A-League boys that are playing and uh, and what you think about all that. But uh, to start off with, mate, obviously there's the Diego's take pride in the fact that uh, a lot of non-traditional football listeners listen to the show and or football supporters. Good evening, traditional football listeners. Well, there's a lot of them who... Uh, who <laughs> and um... any victory lawyers listening in case I say something disparaging. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a moment. But, Which uh... I won't. Okay. <laughs> My word. But the um, but basically, there's a lot of people out there who don't really know the Lubo Milicevic story. Tell us a little bit about where you started playing your football as a junior here in Melbourne, and uh, and how you found yourself back in Melbourne after a decorated career overseas. All right. Uh, in a nutshell, grew up playing for a club called Chelsea Haydock, who have now merged with Dandenong City, so they've got better facilities, and hopefully we go to the Premier League. Hello, boys out there who are listening. Um, <laughs> And from there, I went to pretty much the Victorian Institute of Sport. That was the first time I had the Merrick experience. Um, from there, I went to the AIS. And from there, I went to Haydook Speed for six months. That was not the best. Back to Perth, which was cool. Obviously, got to play in the grand final there in front of 43,000. Well before victory, I might add. Um, big crowds, goals, I don't know. Went overseas eventually. Did my knee, did my groin, did my knee, did my groin. You know, injury, keep going. I could go on forever about my injuries. But I was lucky enough to be part of teams that were in the Champions League, the UEFA Cup, and, you know, I was an honour to play in both competitions. It was just unfortunate that I didn't really want to be there, and for those who haven't read, I was going through depression on and off for six years, being over there, being in a place I didn't want to be. Um, finally came home, not because of victory, but because I wanted to come home. Um, I wanted to be around my family and friends. I was over living on my own. I, I became weak mentally. And when that happens, when you're overseas, it's just downhill from there on in. So I became the cake king and <laughs> used to hang out at, I don't know, those like Route 66 motel highway. I don't know that. Anyway, where all the broken downers go, places where you'd hang out commercially if you're listening. Um, and, you know, literally drink beer, eat schnitzel burgers at midnight and smoke a deck of bungers. And I don't know how to smoke, but I'd still manage to go through a deck. So can you mm. imagine that? So, Lubo, were you always going to come back or did victory just facilitate you coming back? Um, it was just good to be paid to be home, basically. Um, it could have been Melbourne, whatever, for all I cared. Um, I wanted to come home. I, I could have went to other clubs in the A-League. There were offers there and obviously there's some coaches I've worked with before without, you know, mentioning names and, you know, 
in hindsight, maybe it would have been better, but my motivation was to come and spend time with my family. I was really down and sort of over it. But I came back and I was buzzing and I worked my ass off and trained really hard and was really looking forward to the season um, before the season started, I suppose. But, you know, I guess the rest is history. You know, everyone's read it in the papers and, you know, please believe what the paper write because the papers are always truthful and <laughs> Herald Sun's not a tabloid paper. They're just, you know, pretty much the Bible. Well, tell us a little bit. Obviously, in the pre-show uh, chat we had, you, you're a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit perturbed by what was written no, in the no, paper no, no, on the weekend. No, don't say perturbed. Oh, on the weekend, yeah, that was just shit. I asked them to pull the story. I did not want them to... We're focus. talking about the Herald Sun here? Yeah, we're talking about the Herald Sun. The yeah. Age was a great article written by Matthew Hall, who's got a genuine interest in the game and who, you know, was wrote the away game and also did the away game doco. If you ever see his name next to an article, please What's, read it. What specifically did Herald Sun write that oh, you weren't happy about? I happy with them. Um, I guess it's already been written, so I'm not actually saying anything bad anymore, so mm. please don't take this the wrong way, anyone listening who's listening for this reason, but... They just focused it all basically on the fact that I was accused of taking drugs. Um, and that was only such a minor part of what I went through. And it wasn't even that. It was what I was going through personally. Like, who cares? Like, shit goes down at every club. That's not important. What was more interesting, I suppose, and what the age focused on was me as a person. And, look, I asked Jackie Epstein to pull the article. Um, she wouldn't. Uh, my brother spoke to her and the editor. They didn't. And I basically won't do an interview with them again. I don't care. They can write about me because they will. Um, they read about me the other day saying that I was that love machine with the Victory Boys celebrating their championship win and I'm just thinking to myself as if um, I was there but I left about half an hour before they got there or whatever, I was gone by 12.30, kind of over that joint anyway. And um, <laughs> to be honest, if they're all going there, then the place mustn't be that unique anymore. Or, you know, it's lost its appeal for me, basically. Now, Lubo, you talked about um, going overseas and struggling with the lifestyle and that sort of thing. And in Australia, there seems to be a lot of young players that want to go overseas very early and chase that big dollar. Is it a trap? Do you need to go no, to the right like, club? Like, I don't know. Everyone's experience is different and it's all relative. Um, yeah, for sure you need to go to the right club, but you're kidding yourself. You're thinking, you know, from Australia to a big club. And, you know, sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you fall into the right place. But, you know, it's, whatever it is, it is. It's fate. You know, it's meant to be. Um, unfortunately, I've got injured many moments throughout my career and maybe pivotal moments, but I'm here now and I'm super happy and I'm unemployed and I'm, you know, I spent all day down at Phillip Island surfing with a good buddy of mine, Dustin, and his girlfriend, Nova, and I have to say a sh big shout-out to Paul from um, Outer Reef Surf in uh, San Remo. Thanks for the board, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lubo, of course you played, well, you were signed by Victory and uh, you didn't play a lot with them, but you were there for a, a lengthy time, you know, getting over injuries and so I think so I got forth. more publicity than any player there. I think yeah, that was half the problem. Pro yeah, but, the, you know, there, there were a club, though, Lubo, that uh, obviously you've had your issues with uh, while you were there. No. And, 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 and it's since. But nah. the, but the, 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 they've won two championships in four years. Uh, under Merrick, uh, Ernie Merrick, and also with Kevin Muscat, the, the leaders. Obviously, if they've been successful in that time, in your time there, did you see any... I mean, obviously, there's some good stuff going on because they're winning games and winning leagues. I mean, is there anything at all that you, that you felt that, you know, they're doing that well or the, whether the players were good, good people, that you became very friendly with the players? What was, were there any good experiences for you at the club? Leaving? <laughs> You talk about... Um... No, look, there was obviously many good experiences and I got along with all the boys fine, to be honest. Um, when shit started going down, obviously it becomes hard and, you know, I, I, I can't go into it really. But, no, nah, mate, look, they've done well. Good on them. You know, they're winning the Australian League. You know, next is, I guess, if they could qualify for European Champions League, they'd probably win that as well. <laughs> what? what uh, you talked about uh, having two stints as, as 
with Ernie as your as your coach. Did did you find he had changed or had you changed? I've changed. I was 16 or 15 the first time. Ten years later, I travelled. How are you not going to change? How do you not grow up? How do you not become bitter in a sense? And I talked about this, I guess, in different interviews. I don't know who's read what, but like I've, I've seriously finally let go of a lot of the bitterness, and I, and I, I hold no grudges. I hopefully victory do well, but I was about to say hopefully they win. I don't want them to win. I want Adelaide to win. I think they've been the best team this season by far. They made it to the final of the you know Asian Champions League, and they play good football. And it's good to see a young, you know, ex soccerer international. I really have might do well and you know obviously encourages them to play football and that's what I think the public deserves. Now Lubo, whatever was happening was behind the scenes until the, the famed missing the breakfast meeting um, controversy after the Adelaide game. Now I remember watching that game, victory weren't that good, you'd come back from a knee injury and there seemed like there was an, a number of things that really worked against you in terms of that game and then the breakfast... What the fact that I couldn't kick with my right leg. Yeah well and but then missing the breakfast and then it all blew up. T tell us the, the circumstances that surrounded that game and, and, and the, the events after that game that led to the victory going public. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I can. I'm sorry. I, you know, I may one day read my book, but not now. But what do you say, Lubo? We're getting some stuff off the SMS at the moment to people who... Uh, pretty critical of you and, and what you're saying at the moment. What That's is cool. You know, whoever's sending in SMSs now, I wouldn't be listening to this show anyway. I'd probably be at the beach. So, first of all, what are you doing? Secondly, look in the mirror. Like, seriously, if you can just sit there and judge me or judge anyone else, get, get your priorities straight. But is there any... And for everyone on the forums as well. Like, don't get me wrong, I jump on occasionally to read and it's a piss take. I laugh. Like, I laugh with my buddies. Good and bad. I don't need anyone's pat on the back, nor do I need to l listen to anyone's shit. You know, but no one's got the balls to say to my face. No one. Yeah. Come up to me in the street and criticise me. Yeah. But please, but, like next time someone who's actually writing SMSs or on these forums, whatever, I don't care. Even the journalists, even the dudes on this show and the other shows where they bag me, say it to my face. Yeah. With with regards to with regards to obviously the um you know, the issues you had at, at Victory. Is there anything at all in what you've done at all that you think could have contributed to the situation? Uh, mate, uh, look, when it all started going down, I don't think I was, you know, the best person either. I was going out too much. I was drinking too much. My judgment became clouded. Um, and when that happens, how are you going to think clearly? You know, you, you, you don't know, you know, things start flying left, right and centre and, and it's not a great position to be in. But, you know, like, it is what it is. It happened and... I hold no grudges, bitter, bitter, bitterness, resentment, you know, good luck to them. I, it's good that there's a team in Melbourne doing so well and they've got fantastic supporters and I really do wish them all the best. I just hope Adelaide wins. Good stuff. Now, uh, Lubo, we've got to take a break. Let's go to a break. After the break, we'll open the lines up. 9429 live 16. 9429 live 16 is the Lubo hotline. Uh, give us a ring and uh, let's uh, let's have a chat, uh, Lubo. Obviously, a lot of people out there wouldn't, wouldn't mind having a chat. Uh, a lot of the uh, stuff that we're getting off the SMS is you polarising the public, uh, Lubo, as you've probably done in the... Polarising? Am I alienating myself? Well, thanks. No, no, Fuck. no, no, no. The, you're polarising the public in that some are really pro, uh, you know, what you're saying and others are against uh, you, but look, it's probably... You know, it's, it's, it's all good either way. It does not change my life. I'll be going to surfing at Phillip Island again tomorrow. Dustin, I'm coming. Um, Changes nothing, you know. I just hope you enjoy football. The Four Diego's proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. 
call 1300 366 639. Uh, plenty of great stuff off the SMS now. We were talking before the break about uh, how Lubo is polarising the public and here's some of the examples that we're talking about. Lubo's a good bloke and we need him for the second team in Melbourne. That's a positive there, Lubo. Uh, another one here, I think a better attitude would have helped. Maybe that's something that you want to take yeah. on board, too. Uh, OK, no turd. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one here's a bit stronger. Um, no, I won't say that. It's, uh, it's a getting, getting no a swearing. little bit... Yeah, no swearing. Uh, we can't do that. But basically, it does show that, uh, that there are a lot of people out there who have strong opinions about uh, how, you, you know, what, how you've presented yourself, how you've um, you know, operated in the media since all this has happened. You, well, I didn't pretty... say anything for a year, so no one really knows me. And I'm, look, I've come on tonight, you know, and I'll speak my mind, but that's my God-given right. And obviously everyone's God-given right as well is to jump on and criticise me. But you know who's speaking now. The dudes who are criticising me, you all seem anonymous. Why don't you write down your number and I'll call you back and have a one-on-one or come in on the show or, you know what, let's have a debate on air. I, you know, I challenge you. And it's not me being arrogant. I'm okay with myself. I can look in the mirror. I accept my mistakes and I know I'm going to make mistakes tomorrow as well. But for dudes to just ride in and all the rest of it, it's like, oh, I'm just like, you know. Well, if they've all got a chance to get in touch with the show, 9429116, 9429116. you're pro-Lubo or uh, you want to have a few words to say to Lubo uh, tonight about uh, your thoughts, uh, give us a ring, uh, 9429 We've got Ben from Benley kicking us off tonight. How are you, Ben? Yeah, good, good. Uh, do, you have, um, do you plan to play in the A-League again if the opportunity arises? Mate, something, you know, actually I got an interesting phone call today and, look, I, I never planned to retire. I just didn't know what to do. Like, I wasn't ready to leave Melbourne and so that's why I took time off and I was receiving offers. But, you know, I, I've made the mistake in the past by signing too quickly or acting irrationally other than, you know, wanting to go somewhere just for the sake of going. But, um... Look, there's every chance that I will, but who knows? You know, soccer's unpredictable, let alone life. Now, Lubo, a second team in Melbourne is mooted for the 2011 season. There's obviously um, new teams coming in the competition. Do you think um, having a second team in Melbourne would be healthy as far as, obviously, competition for the victory is concerned and, and for football fans in general in Melbourne? Yeah, look, obviously it's a big sporting base here in Melbourne and I think it probably can support two teams it just has to be done you know correctly and wisely but look the FFA have done brilliantly so far and I've got no doubt they know what they're doing and they'll do it successfully again. Now I wanted to with I don't want to talk about victory but I want to talk about uh, managing a player like yourself in terms of your, your European experience and your, your experience here there's, there's a sort of trouble well controversy you have courted here would that have happened overseas and mm. if not why not i don't know it's it's hard like if you know all the ifs out there you know like what if martin luther king didn't die like i don't know like i just know what happened and obviously things happened and it was dealt with the way it was dealt with um do i think it was fair do i think it was easy to you know can we change things now we can't whatever happened happened and life goes on um yeah, I was part of European teams with a much more, much more colourful characters than myself, and I don't think they got the same treatment that I did. But look, we're in Melbourne. I have to accept the fact that I joined the club and probably wasn't the right fit, and whatever. You know, life goes on. I've left. They're doing well without me, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So I'm assuming you were as outspoken there as you would have been here. Yeah, I um, probably don't know how to lie, and. I can't help but have an opinion. Um, I don't live in fear. And, uh, well, in terms of your honesty, 
sort of when you were here playing back back with the club I, I, I presume it also had to do with the, the style of play or positions and stuff like that it, given that you you've come uh, from a you know good background in terms of playing overseas and, and experiencing football at the highest level th did that also create tension for you because of because your willingness to I don't know speak uh, speak up about nah, how you would do things nah not really look I I don't know if I can go into too much detail about my time there other than what I've already said because I don't want to be negative um, or say anything disparaging because I'll get sued uh, and I'm kind of over it. Like, I might, you know, when I'm saying what happened, it might sound bitter, but it's not. It's just I'm tired of it, you know, and the only reason I'm speaking now is because I couldn't walk down the street without even to be brought up about it and I'm over talking about it so it's like this week I've done interviews and finally because I felt like my head and my body and my soul whatever's in the right place and I just wanted to get my side out not even my side I don't even told the half of it but I just wanted to say listen I was going through other shit it, you know this was just a part of my life also and this is where I'm at I'm, I'm happy I'm kicking on and you know you will see me kicking a ball soon I'm not retiring I'm too young and I love the game too much to retire just because it didn't work out with victory you know Tell us about your friendship with Archie Thompson. He's a, he seems like a likeable bloke. I don't know him personally, likeable. but yeah. lovable mate, lovable well, champion. Yeah, I mean, best mate. Did you know him before Melbourne Victory? Yeah, or we um, we first played together back in the Olympic team, um, the Sydney 2000. No, was it 2004? 2004. Um, we were in a camp together for three weeks, and I guess that's when we bonded most. But you know, even back when he was playing for Gippsland, I was a young pup playing against him as well. But obviously, after that time together, we just had a we both like to have a laugh love music, um, positive dudes, and together we're not unstoppable. That sounds like we're trying to take on the world. It's not that. It's just we're two dudes who are happy to be around each other. Mm. And for other people who aren't so happy, they can be confronting. Where do you rate him as far as... Uh, there's a lot of criticism of him because he went over to Holland, he went over yeah, to well, Belgium. You know it's like all these people who criticise, get a life. Man, he's by far the best player the A-League's got. Mm. He can still very easily be playing in Europe. You should be thankful that he turns up every week to play in this league. Stop criticising him. When he gets the ball, he changes the game. If every time there wasn't two or three players on him and the other players could actually support him better, he'd score 20 or 30 goals. So you think he's still got a future in Europe? Uh, uh, and maybe doubt. for the Socceroos in a full Socceroos squad? Do you think he still doesn't get offers? I know for a fact he does. Europe and Asia. The fact he doesn't go, that's his own choice. But people are lucky to watch him. You know, he's just got to get off his back. Mm. What, if Archie wasn't playing, who are you going to watch? Mm. Who else in the A-League, uh, Lubo, obviously you've, you've kept an eye on it since you haven't been playing. Uh, and Surprisingly, in... I've watched more now than when I was actually playing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, who else in the A-League do you rate quite highly as, as a player that, uh, that, that is your type of player, a player that could probably go over and play in Europe, who hasn't broken through necessarily in the Socceroos squad or even... Oh, there's a few good young boys. I think James Holland has just left to go overseas yeah. from what I'm told. Um, Stuart Michalik's really good. I still like Broski, Alex Bross, a striker, obviously, for Sydney. Wayne Stroy, who's just come back from Romania, I think is an absolute gun, and he just stands out by a mile. Um, obviously, Rukovica is a bit of a gun. Um, you know, there's boys floating around. I'll probably miss a few names, but, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of talent there. When you came back to the victory from Europe, did you have any conception or misconceptions, or did, what did you think the standard would be like? And then in actually playing games, was the standard about what you thought, or was it a little bit better, or do you, have you seen it improve in the time that you've been away from the victory? Um, oh, since I've been away from victory, or since I've been away from Australia, I don't know if it's... Um, physically, I guess, everyone's better prepared. Um, in general, the league's obviously much better organised, better supported, 
much more accepted. It's mainstream now, which is fantastic. Technically, I think there's better, some better players playing in the Premier League, but um, for whatever reason, not in the A-League. Mm. But, you know, that's just like each coach is, chooses a way to play and that's their right to. So who am I or anyone else to say who they should pick? You know, they've got to live with the results. You know, mm. like, look, the first year and he nearly got sacked. The second year, and, you know, they had a vendetta against him in the public, whatever, the second year they won. And then what did everyone say? Like, they had to eat their, what, what is it? Um, humble take, pie. Humble pie, <laughs> take their foot out of their mouths, yeah. you know? Like, everyone now, how, you know, how him as a great coach. Well, what were they doing the first season? Yeah. You know, who are these supporters? Hmm. Do you, with, with regards to Ernie, um, obviously he's had two poor years, two great years in that they've won championships in each. Yeah, but Do you like, give him credit at all for what's happened with the club and the, and the success there? Of course. He's the coach. He's the leader of the team. He has to make the decisions right or wrong and he has to, he cops it. You know, how, it mustn't be easy to control 20 or 25 blokes. I don't know. I've never done it. I can't say. So I can't speak from experience. But... Look, if they've won the minor premiership twice now, or they, you know they'll probably go on and win the league this year as well, and you know I think it's a pretty good return. You know, two titles in four years. Who wouldn't accept that? Uh, in terms of just the victory situation and and just um, where where they're going, what is, is there anything about their style of play that, as a fan, you appreciate now that you're um, not with them? No, they're encouraged to be really offensive. Um, that's all we used to work on at training. Um, obviously, they've got some players who can really or really suit that style, I suppose. Um, you know, and they sc- I think they score lots of goals. I don't know the games I've watched, they've always scored. So the buddies who I've taken who are sort of non-soccer, you know, mentality or background, obviously they enjoy when there's goals. And so they've scored some bomb goals since I've been watching, especially the last few games, and you know, they've been turning it on. So, look, they're encouraged to play offensive football. They always have been. Even last season when things weren't going right, they are always encouraged to play, or we were always encouraged to play offensive football. So... You'll never hear them, you know, wanting to play the bunker system or the Catanaccio that the Itais play in Italy. Mm. So, from that point of perspective, it's good, no? A couple of SMSs coming through uh, suggesting some of the clubs that you might join. Obviously, there's a couple of new franchises coming next year in uh, Queensland. You love your surfing, Lubo. You're actually in here without your shirt on and you've got a nice tan going and you're glowing after a day at the surf uh, in uh, Phillip Island. Yeah, uh, if you didn't notice, it's 40 degrees outside as well. Exactly. Well, know, who wears a shirt in a... Uh, well, we do because we don't have quite as cut body as you have. But uh, 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 Thanks. Uh, a, a, couple of, uh, <laughs> a, a couple of SMSs suggested... Uh, have you thought about any of the Queensland franchises at all? Um, Miron Blyberg Gold and... Coast uh, tried to speak to me a while ago, but that's when I was pretty, you know, underground and down and I didn't want to know and... Unfortunately, um, at the time, I was trying to tell this particular agent not to call me, not to bother me, because, you know, how can you give a straight answer if you're depressed? Like, I don't want to talk to my parents, let alone to a coach of a club. And everyone mistook that for me, not being being interested in all the rest of it. But they haven't been through the shit. Oh, sorry for saying that word, but they haven't been through what I've been through. And I wanted to wait till I was ready. So, I don't know if it's a possibility now. I think they've signed quite a few players in my position. But, look, it's not, I'm not worried about this or that. I've got offers. I've got offers in Europe, Asia and Australia. Um, it's going to be up to me to decide where I go and make sure I, I sit down with my management, which is, you know, my brother and buddy Farah and uh, make sure I make the right decision this time. In the time that you haven't been playing, what have you missed most about playing? What have you missed most about the game? And um, um, have you maybe rediscovered some of the things that maybe you weren't enjoying in the time that you've yeah. been away? 
Well, I miss kicking the ball with my right leg, for starters. <laughs> it was so frustrating not being able to kick. I, you know, obviously my left foot got better, but it was hard. You know, when you'd kick a ball with your right leg and it'd wobble. Um, but it really hit home when I went and watched the semi-final of the AFL uh, when St Kilda played Hawthorne. I'm a big Saints fan. I grew up in Rabin. And just rocking up the anticipation, the atmosphere, the the ambience. You know, a night game and you know, 80,000 people, or whatever, were there and. Just that, you know, the, the, the unknown and the, and the butterflies and the agility you get before a game, there's, there's nothing like it, nothing. And I could name a few things that people think are good. <laughs> I not like playing in front of a big crowd. Mm. And in terms of your, your injuries, because obviously you had a series and you had a lot of bad luck and that obviously stopped you from us seeing your full potential, how's that all going physically? Yeah, pretty how good. are you? Finally, I've, I think I've gotten on top of the knee problem. I played in a... Croatian tournament last week in, in Geelong with Dandenong City and we won it or the boys won it I only played the first two games because I didn't want to risk injury I've kind of finally learned not to push myself to the brink but the boys beat Dinamore in the final on penalties well done congrats I'll see you tomorrow night at training but um nah look I, I played there and funnily enough within the first five minutes of the first game some spastic from North Geelong did like a two footer on my knee and I was just I lost that because I just didn't realise I mean I didn't know why that was necessary to do. I don't know what he was trying to prove a point or whether he knew me or not, I think it was a really bad challenge. But in hindsight, I kind of thank him because that tackle gave me the confidence because if my knee was ever going to go on me, it was going to go on me then, but it held up to it really well. So, yeah. Lubo, um, a couple of SMSs. Old. One that in particular has just come through uh, from Alex from Chelsea Heights. Lubo, your story sounds a little like Dokic and Andrew Simons. Let's hope you come good. Uh, good luck to you. Do you feel, do you actually, when you look at athletes like uh, Yelena Dokic and the, what they've oh, had to go through? I fell for it. Mm. I nearly teared up watching her play. Mm. Do, you, do you feel that there's a the similarity to what she's had to go through in a way, not necessarily the circumstances of family, but also, but just the, the, the maybe the disappointment that she's had to maybe walk away from her sport for the last four or five years yeah, and then now coming um, back into it? For me, people like her or Andrew Simons or Diego Maradona, who I idolise, they're real. You know, they've had their mistakes, but they've come back. You know, um, they're the people I look up to. Like, it's easy being on top all the time. Wait till you get knocked down, then see how you get back up. You know, like Cantona, Janola, these people, I don't know, look at Beckham, you know, and all the shit he's copped over the years. These are the people that I look up to, you know. Look at everyone, what they had to say about Zidane. I think it was the greatest thing ever that he had butted. Um, <laughs> what's his name, Matarazzi in that game. It's like, you know what? I just chipped the ball, taking a penalty in the World Cup final, coming off the crossbar, and last minute a headbutt a dude. Mm. You know, he's the greatest player we've had in the last 10 years. Mm. And you'll still get the two dudes out there who criticise him. But, mm. you know, walk in his boots for one day, walk in my shoes for one day. You don't know what it's like, so it's very easy to see from afar and, mm. and throw stones. Do you recognise you've made mistakes, though, Lubo? Yeah. What? Who hasn't? Yeah, what, I'll just try to make better mistakes tomorrow, that's all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, when you really evaluate Thanks, PD, it... if you're listening. Obviously, you had a lot of thinking time over the last, you know, you know 12 months or so. Jeez, every day is thinking time, dude. Oh. But, but is there anything in particular saying, well, like, I did make that mistake? You, you no, don't regret that... it, but you did make that mistake. Is there anything specific you'd like to tell us about? Uh, not really. Um, nah. Oh, like, I don't know. I, I don't know where to start. Like, I'm what? Is this, like, the mistake hour? <laughs> no. You know, it's, it is what it is, and... Mm. People are going to have an opinion either way. Uh, the truth doesn't always get reported. Um, don't believe it does. And you'll form your opinion from what you read. So what am I to do? Defend myself against everyone. You know, jump on every forum or, you know, jump on a radio station. No, I'm just coming on here to, to talk to you guys because you've always been supportive and I'll, and I'll walk away from here with a smile on my face the same way I walked in and tomorrow I'm still going to surf. Um, Lubo, 
Yeah, you, you have come out re recently. There have been a couple of articles, and, and you're doing the Diego's, which is fantastic. And, uh, and, and yes, I, I guess you're looking towards whatever your next step is. Your brutal honesty is obviously people either love it or hate it clearly, given our SMSs and so forth. Does that affect you in terms of just preparing for your next move? Like, does, is that a concern? Like, would you, do you have to be careful or do you, do you get advice about, you know, watch what you say just in terms of alienating your next club? You know what, you know, some people say, do you want to say this, do you want to say that? But I was like, you know what, good that I'm alienating myself because I don't want to work with people who can't handle me. You know, whatever, it's noted that I speak the truth. Is that a bad thing? Like, should I be crucified or punished for being honest? Like, when we all brought up, brought up to be that way? Like, I don't want to sound like I'm talking deep here, but, mm. like, seriously, where have I gone wrong speaking honest and openly accepting my mistakes? Mm. Like, am I the only one who's made mistakes? Like, seriously, take a look at yourself, dudes. Mm. You know, it's sort of, whatever, like... You know, sit there and analyse my life. Thanks, I've analysed it enough for all of us. <laughs> Talkback numbers 9429 1116. Uh, Lubo's been good enough to accept any of your calls. Any uh, comments at all over the line? Uh, Nick from Elwood's on the line. Uh, good evening to you, Nick. G'day, boys. G'day, Lubo. Tell buddy Nick here from Genesis, mate. How are you? Oh, mate, long time no speak. Yeah, very long time, mate. Um, sort, sort of stole my thunder before. Just wanted to see how... Um, all the rehab was going with your knee and groin, so it seems everything's going well. But um, just wanted to say, thank God, finally someone who has speaks his mind and um, doesn't hide behind many um, or any smoke screens as such as speaks his mind and has his own opinion and, and does his own thing. I really respect that, mate, and um, hope everything goes well for you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I hope you're smiling wherever you are. Oh, always, mate. Cheers. <laughs> Luba, one more before we go to the break, mate. So obviously, you've got a lot of close friends, and uh, and you know after what you've gone through, who your friends and who aren't your friends. Mm. Um, has family been really important for you during this time? Yeah, they probably haven't been mentioned in the articles, but like you know, without my mum and dad and my bro and my sis, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I love them immensely, and they are my everything. And obviously, I've got a you know got quite a few close friends, and they're my family as well. You know, and. They know who they are, you know, everyone knows who they are, where they stand in my life and, you know, I love them all to death and I just, I'm glad that they're all smiling with me again. We've, uh, we've actually uh, spent a terrific hour or 50 minutes or so with uh, Lubo Milicevic in the studio, talked about everything, I think. We've gone uh, overseas, Lubo, we've gone through your A-League career, we've gone through your junior career, sure we've got uh, friends ringing up on the uh, on the phone. Oh, what are the odds? <laughs> Last I haven't stuff. been as funny as I would have liked. I thought I was going to be funnier, so sorry to my mates. No problem, there's plenty of opportunity, too. especially uh, we, we oh, there's talk of you going uh, to another club very, very soon. Can you divulge at all where you might be going uh, in the next uh, short period of time? Well, we're not talking about a nightclub, we're talking about a soccer <laughs> club, so um, they kick a ball, that's all I can say. Until I sign, like, it's really, it's thin air, really. But are you actually quite positive that something's going to happen yeah, very no, soon? Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, mm. definitely. I've, you know, I've trained hard for the last three or four months uh, with the help of my good mate Ty down at Genesis in Port Melbourne and a few other people along the way and, you know, I've made, got myself right and I'm ready. Mm. Uh, the number is 9429116, 9429116. You can give us a ring and uh, Lubo's willing to take your call. We've got Josh from Sunbury on line 7. What's up, Josh? How are you going? you got a question for Lubo. Um, yeah, well, I'm actually a 15-year-old kid. I'm not exactly a soccer fan, but I find Lubo's story really, um, ex like, what's it called, um, Interesting. inspiring and it inspires me that when you're down, you're not out. Right? Yeah, man. Listen to Rocky. 
<laughs> Josh, is there anything uh, that you're, uh, you know, uh, need to be inspired about? Are you a bit down with your football, or you just uh, like hearing the story? No, it's just good to hear stories like that because you look at people like friggin' there's good soccer players like Cristiano Ronaldo who are never down, but then look at players like that who are up and down and that. And they you know, you'd be that. sorry to interrupt, man, but you'd be you'd be surprised to walk in his shoes and what he goes through. Don't think that he doesn't have his down moments as well. It's all relative, you know. He might be driving a Ferrari and racing van to start the training, but he'd have his moments where it's hard as well. Can you imagine walking down the street and not being able to scratch your head without a photo being taken? It's, it's pretty it's pretty hard to be who he is. Is that Was that, not to that extent, but was that something you had to experience over in Switzerland when you were over there? Nah, they're, they're cool over there. They don't um, really, you know, they know who you are, but they'll never approach you. They, they're, they're pretty conservative. I was going to ask, Luba, what's the hardest thing about professional sport? The whole, the gamut of everything you go through, what's the hardest aspect of being a professional sportsman? For me, it was just being away from family. Otherwise, what's hard? I'm lucky I get to play a game that I love and I'm paid to do it. You know, um, I get to travel world doing it. I meet amazing people through it. I'm paid to be fit and healthy, even though half the time I haven't been fit because of it. I, I was very. You, one of the things you did say in, in some of uh, your interviews is the, the importance of fans play for a player, yeah. and uh, you, you've, you've never been disparaging about the fans, really. No, nah, why would I? You know, um, they're the reason why us players, you know, can step up a gear during games. You know, I was like, you know, oh, unfortunately I couldn't play here, but at Perth, the shed, they were amazing, and you know, when they would be full voice, uh, it would inspire you to, you know, run that extra yard, do that extra tackle, or you know, go for that extra run as I would normally wouldn't tackle, I just dribble. Um, you know. It makes the game more interesting for everyone, and obviously us guys might not acknowledge them while you're playing because you're meant to be pretty focused, but we hear everything and it's great to see them in full voice. Last couple of minutes, uh, we've got Lubo in the studio. If anyone wants to give us a call, 9429-1116, we have Evie from uh, Narry Warren on the line. He wants to have a chat. How are you, Evie? Good, good, Ralph. How are you, mate? Uh, Ralph's our producer, mate. I'm Carlos Alberto Diego. Oh, sorry, Carlos. Yes. Come, brother. you got a question for Lubo? You. Evie. How are you, brother? I just wanted to thank you, mate, since you're back operation, mate. I appreciate all your help, mate. Thanks, Bringing mate. DVDs and that. I just want to say all the best, mate, and hope you get back kicking a ball ASAP, brother. We all love you. You know that. Thank you. I appreciate yours and everyone else's support. Good on you, Evie. Right, you brought Evie. a few to my own, mate, honestly. <laughs> no, but like, not even taking the piss. Like, seriously, mate, thank you. That's Evie from Nary Warren. Obviously, a lot of support out there. And you, like, as we've seen, uh, you've actually witnessed on the SMS, and I've got a heap of SMSs through. Obviously, you've drawn a lot of attention uh, with uh, you know your views and the way you go about it, Lubo. Yeah, but a lot know, of people what, what love it, I, and a lot what, of people you know against it. What have it? I said that that's contra that, mm. that is, What have I said that is that controversial? I think you, what you're what you're actually showing is a person. Because I stood who, my ground. No, no. What I think what people are uh, either uh, are listening to are the fact that you, there's not many sportsmen these days who are who are honest and. Yeah, but they all beg for it. Like that's what I'm told. And then when someone's honest, they get crucified. But there's a lot of people actually yeah, it goes support both ways. that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm yeah. just saying in general. And yeah. and to the other dude who's SMSing, sorry, I, I did say I called someone a spastic. I didn't mean it, literally. I didn't mean to offend anyone that is. I should have just said that guy was an idiot. Sorry for offending idiots out there, but I, sorry that guy was an idiot for attacking me the way he did. Mm. Apology. Do you, do you, just in closing, uh, Lubo, do you think that sometimes you're misunderstood or you just cop it for what... You just accept that your words will be taken in any way and, and that's the way it is in life? Well, what do you do? Um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't walk down the street trying to make everyone happy. 
because that's impossible. As long as you're happy, you're not harming anyone else, I think that's a pretty good start or a pretty good end, to be honest. Mm. If you can figure that out, which I don't even know if I figured out today, but <laughs> I know I'm happier today than I was six months ago. Um, now, if I misunderstood, shit, I misunderstand myself, let alone anyone else. You know, spend a day with me, you'll laugh, I promise you. You know, you won't bag anyone, you won't judge anyone, you'll probably have a laugh, you'll meet a lot of people. Mm. You'll hang out at a cafe, yeah, you might go surfing, you'll probably train your ass off as well, because that always happens at some stage in the day. Mm. Now, Lubo, we know not to go to Love Machine. What's the, <laughs> oh, the you can go. choice? No, you can go, but, you know, I just, you won't see me there, basically. <laughs> we'd love to talk, because Diego's a very good dancer, Lubo, you haven't seen us, but uh, we'd love to talk more about that another time. Good luck with what you decide to do in the future. Hopefully you'll be back playing what you love, football, and uh, you'll be playing in the, in the environment and atmosphere that you want to play. Good luck, mate. Thanks for being on the show tonight and also being as honest as you have been, uh, which is being yourself anyway. And uh, like I said, uh, we can't wait to get settled into another club. We can have a chat to you about football. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Thanks for letting me come on air and, and speak my mind. Good stuff, mate. The Four Diegos, proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call 1300 366 639.